Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Cool. All right. Hey, everybody, all my sales superstars. We're here tonight with my friend and one of my coaches, Megan Huber, and I am so excited to have you here. And I'm also a little worried because between the two of us, we can talk and I'm wondering if we're going to be able to keep this all like in, you know, a a reasonable time, or we'll just be talking till midnight because I have no doubt we could do it. We can totally do it for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the wealth of knowledge that would come out of us in that time period. So yeah, we're both talkers. We both love to um, present and be in front of a group of people who are excited to be here. And I know all of you are excited to be here tonight. So welcome. And um, Megan, thank you so much for being here with us. And I am super happy about you being here and everything we're about to learn from you. Cool. Awesome. I can't can't wait to dive in and um, just pour into your community and talk all things sales and videos and mindset and growing your business. And yeah, let's, let's do it. I love it. And you guys, if you know what I talk about all the time, you're going to hear Megan talk about it all the time tonight. It is conversations, conversations, conversations. So if you don't hear it enough from me already, you're going to hear it from somebody else because they are the pinnacle of your ability to sell and do business and get clients. Having conversations is everything. Yeah, totally. Totally. Where are most people at in the Facebook group in their business? Like at what stage are they at? Good question. We have some people literally that have just started their health coaching certification program. We have some people that are like two or three months from finishing, you know, a lot of programs about at the halfway point, they let you start working with clients. So we have some people that have had a couple of clients. We have some that have none. So it's, it's a, it's a wide range for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where shall we start, Nicole? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, there's a lot of places we could go with this, I would imagine. Maybe maybe we should start with our story about how we met because I preach this a lot in my group. I talk to my group about how I do this so often. To be perfectly honest, many people in my group also met me this same way. But the way that you and I met is on Instagram. It is. It is. Which yeah. is funny because it turns out we have so much in common. We actually had other connections that we didn't even realize. So the universe yeah. obviously wanted us to um, to connect and meet. But yeah, yeah, what was what was your recollection of that? Yeah, you know, we found out after we had connected for about two weeks that we had a lot of mutual connections. Mm-hmm. And that is not how we actually connected originally on Instagram. And, you know, one of the things that, well, you and I both teach this. And it's literally how I built this iteration of my business. Mm -hmm. And it has been through the power of video on a social media platform, but also connecting with people Mm one-on-one through either the DMs and Instagram or the PMs in Facebook. Mm -hmm. And that's really where the magic happens, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can connect with strangers and get attention through what we're doing right here. 
on your personal profile on Instagram and you're talking to the masses, mm-hmm. but where you really get intimate with people. And that's the word I like to use. It's intimacy, you're getting intimate with somebody. It gives you the opportunity to ask some questions. That's what happens in the DMS and the PMs. And look, if you just go like watch what people talk about on social media, it's kind of like there's people and they're in two camps. Half the stuff you see, it's like they're bashing people who are business owners and they're reaching out via direct message and private message. You shouldn't do it. It's so awful. Let me give you all the examples and like shame blast people who actually grow their business that way. And so I think a lot of our audiences see that happening and they're like, they shrink back and they retreat and they're like, oh my gosh, like I can't get into conversation with people privately because half the, half the world hates it. But then you see other people who are literally like teaching it and preaching it and promoting it because that is where so many of your sales can happen. And I think that I don't remember who messaged to first. I think you messaged, you messaged me first. When we met, it was around this time last year, I think. And I was in a mode of like, I was very consistent. I want to say I sent like 10 to 15 videos a day and I honestly would build in time at like stoplights. Like whenever I could, I was just like sending video like, Hey. And so I think it may have been me that reached out first because what I remember is you were like, Oh my, I think you didn't know Instagram had the video feature. I think that's what it was. Cause you said something like, Oh my God, I love this. Or maybe it was just that you complimented the way that I had introduced myself. But I remember thinking nobody had ever done that. Nobody had ever video messaged me on Instagram. You were the first one. Mm-hmm. So it stood out. Yeah. And that's why you, you hear that guys. You hear that? So I immediately, number one was like captivated. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's like, that tells me so much about that human being. Mm-hmm. The fact that they were courageous enough, brave enough, took the time enough to mm-hmm. care enough to whip out their video and not just do a standard copy and paste text message that they're sending to 20 people every day. Mm-hmm. You took the time to say something personal. I think it was actually like a series of three videos. Then mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to message her back with the video. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it instantly built a stronger connection. Versus if we're just like typing to people. And so I think that that's the first big point that I think we can really share with people here. It's that, look, this industry, the coaching world, it's noisy. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's saturated. I hate when people say that because you can carve out a little niche and it's just yours and it's not saturated. Mm -hmm. But if we're just going to look at it a whole, like it, there's no barrier to entry to start a coaching business online. There's no barrier to entry. It's like you just pop up on Instagram and you've got a business. Pop up on Facebook, you've got a business. So how are you going to differentiate yourself? How are you really going to, you know, stand out, not just stand out from the crowd, but it's so freaking simple and it actually is really easy. So few people are taking the time to build build real connection. It is as simple as don't text people, message people with your voice or with your face. Because ultimately people want to be seen, they want to be heard. And you're going to grow the know, like, and trust so much faster if people can see your face and hear your voice. Right. Because it's too hard. You know, just like when we're talking here, Mm -hmm. it's too hard to act. It's too hard to put on a show. It's too hard to, like, be super perfect all the time. So people are really getting a sense of who you are and building that connection really, really fast. And then deciding, hey, this is somebody who I want to engage with. This is somebody who I want to like jive with. 
Right. And you also don't have to, you know, back to kind of like our story of how we met and then kind of way down the line, you ended up joining one of my programs, Mm -hmm. but that's how it happens. It's like, I think people in their mind think that they have to be salesy Mm -hmm. and they have to think like, I got to make a sale. So I'm going to message people and it's got to go straight to a sale. No, you massage the relationship. Yep. You build the relationship. You ask questions. You praise people. It's like you start following each other. You start commenting on each other's stuff. You start praising each other. You start congratulating each other. Mm -hmm. And then down the line, when you're giving more and more value, maybe that person at some point works with you, or maybe they don't, or maybe you become collaborative partners. Maybe you interview each other. Maybe you become friends. Yeah. You were on my podcast. Yes. There's so many different things that have come out of that one first video. Yeah, totally. Because you took that step and now look where we are. And that's and the think, thing, Nicole, it's like a, pers- it's a perspective too. That's, I call it on, um, you might use this language too. I call it, it's a difference between playing the short game all the time. That's exactly playing the long game. Yep. That's the difference. If you're yep. always, if you're constantly here just to play the short-term game, you're not going to make it. You have to play the long game. You're going to have short-term gains when you play the long game. That's exactly what I was going to say a little bit ago is it's, are you in it for the long game? Like I coach relational sales. I don't coach transactional. Like that's just, it's not my thing. It's not what made me successful. It's not what makes me feel good. And if you want to use the word salesy, you can use it. But like, ultimately that's your made up word. Cause you feel uncomfortable with the idea of approaching somebody because you've got this idea in your head that it has to turn into a sale versus just being a connection with a human being and owning that you have something that can help them potentially And that conversation can turn into an opportunity just by meeting them, getting to know them and saying, here's what I do. I'd love to invite you to something that is free for you or whatever you use for that initial introduction. It's you being a real person. And you mentioned this earlier too. People want to feel seen and heard and they want to feel like they're not just a number. Nobody likes, and again, I'm not here to judge how anybody does anything, but nobody likes the copy and paste text because it feels like a copy and paste text. But when you take the time and you actually say, hey, Jessica, I'm Nicole. I do similar things as you. I'm a health coach like you. And I, you know, it's like, oh my God, she just said my name. Like that had it. She's not just sending this to people named Jessica. Mm -hmm. And it's because to me, that's what made all the difference in the world. It made it feel more me. It made me feel more connected to the people that I was reaching out to. It made it feel more like the long game. Like I'm building and nurturing relationships. Nobody wants to feel like I'm just a number, you know, you're just casting a wide net and trying to get me. Well, no, I'm actually talking to you specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Without an agenda without an agenda, you know? And I mean, I like, listen, I get people all the time where some girl yesterday, she was like, I'm not interested in what your video said. And by the way, if I could offer you feedback, this is a really rude way to reach out to people. And I suggest you find a different way. I was like, Oh, I'm, that was not my intent at all. I'm sorry. That was the impact that it had. I wish you all the best. Keep doing the beautiful work you do in the world. I literally sent that same video back to her. I'm not mad at you. That's more on you than it is on me. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. I'm reaching out to people and it sounds like you're probably not a good fit, but I didn't get defensive. I didn't make it about her. I just said, I love what you're doing. Keep doing the amazing work. And that for me feels better that at least there was some closure to it. I I certainly don't owe her a response, but for me, my own peace of mind, I wanted it to feel better that like I closed that up. So wish all the best. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing too, about constantly reaching out to people and constantly connecting with people You know, you see this a lot in the coaching industry where coaches get to like a certain time in the month and they kind of, I call it like they have this oh shit moment and they're like, I have bills to pay. 
I've got to pay my mortgage or I've got to pay my rent or I've got to pay whatever bills. I need two clients and I need two clients in the next week so I can pay my bills. Mm-hmm. It's like, you see, you always see that like the last week of the month, mm-hmm. everybody's rent is due like on the fifth of the month, right? Or like their coaching payment. And here's the other thing too, to keep in mind, you always want to be building relationships with people before you actually need them. Mm-hmm. So if we're ever finding ourselves getting, and I, I've been there before, mm-hmm. where you're getting to like every single month, it's like the last week of the month, you have the old shit moment. I need one to two clients and I need them right now. And you have no idea where they're going to come from. All that is, is pointing. It's actually pointing you in the direction that you need to go in most. Mm-hmm. And that is always be building relationships with people before you actually need them. So that like everybody writes this down. Don't ever run out of low hanging fruit. I like that. People who, okay. Low hanging fruit it, is what buys from you but you don't have to ever run out of it. And I hear all the time. I actually hear this from colleagues more than I hear it from clients, colleagues who are already at like well into the multiple six figures mm-hmm. and they'll come to a coaching call, like in you know whatever groups I'm in and they'll say, yeah, like my low hanging fruit is kind of just dried up. I got to go back out there and like drum up more relationships. And it's like, well, you should never get to a point where you don't have low hanging fruit. Cause if you always have low hanging fruit, then that shows you're always building relationships. Mm-hmm. But it's not like those, every single one of those people are going to become a client mm-hmm. and they're certainly not all going to become a client immediately, but you really have to work those relationships and it has to be more than just one reach out. Right. It really it's, does. It's a nurturing opportunity to really get to know that, make them a real person. Don't make it about, I'm just stringing them along until I need them to buy something from me. Right. Yeah. Like you genuinely care about the person versus I need to get a sale from this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think that there's a bit like you genuinely want to know how they're doing and what they're up to. And I learned that the hard way when I was in sales, when I first started, I was like, I drummed up all this business, had all this stuff going on. I signed it all. And I spent so much time in fulfillment that I just wasn't even, these are like pretty salesy terms, but I wasn't looking at my pipeline. I wasn't like, like I wasn't paying attention to anything else. You know, and I, I coach simple sales, so I don't necessarily talk pipeline and, and all that stuff. But I mean, essentially, it's exactly what we're talking about. I wasn't worried about any of my low hanging fruit. I wasn't nurturing anything. And I got all these things signed, fulfilled. And then I went, oh, crap, I don't have any commission coming for the next couple months because I wasn't doing anything in the background. And I think that was a hard lesson for me to learn, number one, to see it happen. And then to figure out that balance between closing and fulfilling and constantly nurturing and prospecting the new ones and just whole it, you know, having that be the revolving pattern, not the revolving pattern, but the ongoing pattern. Yeah. And I think the tough thing for coaches, especially, is that coaches are really, for the most part, really heart centered mm-hmm. and they want to help yeah. and they want to do their craft, yeah. which is the coaching. They want to do the transformation. They want to do the thing that they're really good at. And they want to be in alignment with their mission, with their vision, with their calling, with their purpose, with their passion. And I think that, you know, pretty much all of us who became a coach, we all had another job before. I mean, I was a school teacher. You were a school teacher. I didn't start out as a business owner. I did not start out as a coach in the coaching industry. I started out as a school teacher teaching high school kids. So, so many of us start our businesses and we just want to do our craft. And we don't realize that it is our, we signed up and it is our job to become a salesperson. Yep. 
And people just don't like that word because of the negative connotation it has. But if you are in this group right now, if you are listening to this and you have a business and you are a coach, you are actually in the business of sales. Mm -hmm. I don't follow him that much. So I'm going to probably like not get this right. But Tony Robbins, when he coaches people, he always asks them the question, what business are you really in? Mm -hmm. Coaches always say, I'm in the coaching business. No, you're not. You're not in the coaching business. If you're Mm -hmm. in the business of coaching, you're not getting clients. Right. And that's really hard for people to hear. And when I say that, I don't mean be a shitty coach. I don't mean you're not delivering what you sold, Mm -hmm. but you can't even deliver if you're not selling. You're in the business of sales. The number one most important, vital, critical, lifeline skill that you have to develop to be successful in your business is sales. Everybody should have a sales coach. Everybody should have a sales coach. They should all go work with you. you, Because if you don't know sales, you do not have a a sales coach. Like, why would I not? Right. I always want to be at my best. I want to have that edge. I want to make sure that I'm giving the best to my clients. That's why I hire people like you so that I can show up at every state. Like you said, we're always selling. If you have a business, you're selling. Yeah, you are. And you better get really good at sales really fast too. Mm-hmm. You yeah. better get good at it. And yeah. how does anybody get good at it? Well, ultimately you have to take it. You have to give your, yourself the experience of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, we all have scripts. You know, I started out with scripts. Mm-hmm. I followed scripts. When I had my first coaches, I always used a script for sales. But yeah. that's how I got, that's how I got better at it in the beginning. I, I will never forget I was working with Kristen Thompson. She was like my first real coach in the internet marketing coaching world. This was back in 2012, 2013. And I was making like $1,500 a month, $2,000 a month. I don't even think I was making three grand a month. And clearly, if you're only making $1,500 a month in your coaching business, let's just cut to the chase. You're not having sales calls. And if you are, you're not closing them. And you're not having enough which means you're not building two things. You're not building your confidence and you're not building your competency. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the competency confidence loop. Yep. And so I'll never forget her coaching. And she was like, Hey, Megan, if you want to get really good at this, you're going to have to do a lot of it. And you're going to have to do a lot of it in a really short period of time. And she's like, how about you go have 15 discovery sessions in the next two weeks? Mm -hmm. Stop complaining about not being good at sales stop, you know, whining about not making any money. You're never going to master this unless you go do a lot of it in a short period of time. And usually for most of us, the very thing that we're avoiding doing is the very thing that we need to run in the direction toward and do it like wildfire and do it in a condensed period of time. Because what that does is it brings everything you say you want in your future closer to your now. Mm. And, and I did have a script. I remember those two weeks so clearly. And I had 15 discovery sessions and she gave me a script. And I literally had those sheets printed out in front of me, every single call I had. And I had my pen out and I like spaced the questions out so I could like write. And I printed out a new set of sheets and it was like, yeah. it was like five pages long. Yeah. I printed out a new set, every single call I had. And I would write in their answers because I needed that then. But that yeah. was okay. And now I don't follow a script. Yeah. But got to do whatever you have to do, at least in the beginning. But I promise you, and Nicole will too, the more that you will let yourself have those conversations and just get over it yourself and do a lot of it in a short period of time, 
you will collapse the timeline on being able to not only master it, but build your courage and build your confidence in it. That's the biggest, I think that's the biggest piece, your confidence. And it really makes such a difference in how you show up on that call. And I agree with you. Listen, there's still times if I have a new message or a new thing I'm saying, or it's a new type of call that I'm getting on with somebody, I absolutely write a script. I absolutely do it. And I don't, you know, and I tell people, I'm like, well, no, it's not a script that you're going to read from word for word because the other person doesn't know their lines, but it's a script that you're going to read over. You're going to practice with somebody that you know, like, and trust in your life that's willing to sit down and practice with you. And you're going to get comfortable with that script until it's just like an actor. And, and I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, have you ever cried at a movie? Okay. I got news for you. That actor read off of a script. Mm-hmm. They laughed at a movie that, but they didn't read in that moment off of the script. It took them a while to get to that scene, to be able to film it. They started off at a table read months before that reading with the group and then reading probably for two weeks and then going off script and having somebody feed them their lines and then getting to the point where it was so internalized in them. They felt it, they knew it, they believed it, then they were it. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. exactly what happens to you when you are willing to practice with a script, you'll get to the point where you'll be so good off script. It will be natural for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, I've been using this example a lot lately. Everybody has the ability to sell. Everybody has the ability to have a sales conversation. Let's just say that word. Like, don't try to say it's whatever you think it is. Like, it's a sales conversation. That's what you're having with someone who's interested in working with you. It's a sales conversation. You already have the ability to be really, really great at that conversation. What you're not doing is you're not giving yourself the experience of it. You have the ability to do it. You're just not giving your experience of it. You can keep studying it. You can keep listening to Nicole teach you for free in your Facebook group how to do it. She could do demonstrations all day long. But until you actually give yourself the experience of it, you are never going to be good at it. It's just like riding a bike. Every single one of us, you know, as long as we've got like limbs, we know how to ride a bike. Your body has the ability to ride the bike. If you don't know how to ride a bike right now, you already have the ability to ride the bike. You have it. You're just not experiencing it. But in order to actually physically be able to ride the bike, you have to get on the bike and you have to experience it. Your parent can't keep showing you how to do it. You can't learn that way. You have to actually do it. You have to jump in. And then, you know, the other thing too, Nicole, that I've seen in my nine years of being in this industry and this is something I think people really need to be in reality about is that they think that they are going to get to a certain level in their coaching business, whatever they, whatever level they think that's at. There's the infamous 10 K months. There's the infamous hundred K year. There's the infamous, I'm a six figure earner. Maybe you think it's a million. I don't know, but it's like this warped sense that I don't have to do this stuff on the ground level anymore. Once I get to a certain level. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be in the trenches. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be on the ground level every single day. Like I had to be when I was just getting started. That is so false. Like we want to talk about fake news. That's fake news. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, because look, you could go make $500,000 in a year. The minute you take your foot off the gas pedal of marketing and sales, where do you think the money's coming from? It gets invested and it goes right out of your bank account. You have to circulate money. It has to be in constant circulation. So there will never be a time, you know, you may have to have like systems in place where money's coming in when you're sleeping, but you're still making sales every single day. So there, there's never going to be this time where it's like this type of work is going to stop. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I think that's what 
a lot of, I, I say that because I see so many people talking about that, but you hear it from the people who are like still kind of trying to get going. And I think in their mind, they think they just have to get over this hump and then they never have to do it again. Yeah. Not true. Not true. I mean, I still go through periods of time where I'm not as consistent as I need to be in really focusing on sales. I'll go through like little spurts of like weeks or sometimes even a couple of months, not really a couple of months, but where I'm just like not super focused on sales Mm -hmm. and I don't care how experienced you are, your confidence goes down. Yeah. And then you try to get back into it and it's like, whoa, you haven't done this in a while. Whoa. I have to like get my sea legs back with this. Rusty. Yeah. And guess what? Your bank account goes down. Yep. And you have to go right back out there all over again. It's like ground level every single day. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that you're having to work hard all the time. It's not like you're working 12 hour days doing that, but don't ever think that you're going to stop selling. Because if you stop selling, you go out of business. Right. So get really good at it and, and not just get good at it. And I know this is what you teach. It's enjoy it. Mm-hmm. enjoy the sales process, yeah. the process sales is a process and enjoy that. Enjoy and it. as coaches, I think we all really get that for a client who is ballsy enough to come to a sales conversation where they know they're going to have the opportunity to make a decision mm-hmm. at the end. When they say yes, they're not saying yes to you. They're saying yes to their future self. They're saying yes to their transformation. They're saying yes to a promise they're making to themselves. And that moment when they made that decision, their heart is beating out of their chest. They are scared shitless. They realize in that moment, my life is never going to be the same. That is actually the moment and the only, like the first moment where they actually accept transformation, where they accept, I'm going to take this big leap forward. So we're coaches. It is our job to facilitate transformation. That doesn't start when the person's coaching with you in your coaching calls. That starts in that sales conversation. So look at that conversation in a different way. Don't go coach people. Don't go coach people for free in that conversation. But that is where the transformation starts. That is where you have got such a massive opportunity to change somebody's life in an instant right there. And when you look at it that way, instead of I'm taking somebody's money or I'm asking somebody to do something like, and they don't want to do it or have to push somebody to do something with their money. That's on you. That's on you having a, a bad thought. What does Liz say? Like a thought error. Right. That's the thought error. It's, it's a belief that you have that you've chosen to, to buy into and you're allowing that to determine how you operate in your business. Like you're making the idea that you're salesy. You're making the idea that, you know, like I always say this, I'm like, you have this belief that sales is wrong and sales is bad. And you also know you have to sell in order to have a business. You have basically confused the universe because you've said in order to get clients, which I want, I have to do this icky, awful thing, which I think is terrible. And your belief is actually blocking you from getting clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's bad that you have to sell. And so you're avoiding that bad thing that you've made up in your mind that you think feels so uncomfortable, but really you're just blocking your opportunity to work with people who really do need you. Yeah, for sure. You know, another thing that will really help people with sales as well, because I think that a lot of people in their mind, they have like the word manipulation Mm -hmm. might be tossing around up there. Mm -hmm. 
there is, I mean, that is a thing. There's a difference between persuasion and influence. And a persuasion is a, yeah, totally different thing. Right? Totally different thing. And here's the other thing that is super, super duper helpful. And I promise you all, one of the best feelings as someone who is in sales conversations is to be able to tell somebody you're not a good fit. Mm-hmm. That is one of the best feelings ever. And here's why. Because in that moment, when you can tell somebody, no, you're not a good fit, you know that you have so dialed in who your ideal client is and you've dialed in your message and you're just talking to one person. It feels like manipulation when, here's an example, I'll hear a client say, somebody said this to me the other day and they were like, they asked me a question. They're like, I had this conversation. It wasn't set up as a sales conversation. It was set up as a market research conversation. Client was like, I knew I could help her. I wanted to say something. She's like, and I thought in my mind, like, I think I, she said, I think I can help her. And I was like, whoa, that we have to address that right there. There's a really big difference. It's slight, but it's big. Do you know you can help her because she is the epitome of your one most ideal client? Or do you think you can help her because she kind of has some of the qualities? And she kind of has some of the things you can help her. And she kind, kind of is your ideal client. And you just really need the money. That's, That's exactly. when you feel icky about sales. Because you're out of integrity. Exactly. Because you are, And I have so many people all the time who are like, but I want to help everybody. I'm like, then you're out of integrity because you can't. Right. You can't help everybody. And I have that conversation with people all the time. They're like, well, my friend's daughter really needed some help. So I... So you what completely diverted from who you just told me your ideal client is so that you can jump out of the, the zone of genius that you can offer to people who need you into something that who knows if you can really help her and great, fine. You you're a certified health coach, so you can help anybody, but like you can't. And I agree with you. That's manipulation. That's you're desperate for a client, whether it's because you want to save face because you're a brand new health coach and you want to say you have a client or you need the money or I don't know what the deal is. But to me, that feels icky. Yeah. You have a yeah. specialty that you're working with somebody on. I mean, if, if somebody were to come to me and say, Hey, I really want to learn to play softball. Well, I don't know. I mean, I played softball a couple of years when I was in middle school, but like, I don't think it's my thing to really coach somebody on. How, could I help them? Yeah. I remember enough. I could probably, but they're going to be so much better off with the softball expert. That's just not my oh. thing, you know? Yeah. And that would feel icky to me saying, yeah, I'll take you because, and then I'd be resentful about showing up to that. And it just kind of, yeah all in all ways becomes not a good fit. Yeah. I mean, for the health coaches here, because I know this is a group for health coaches specifically, don't call yourself a health coach. Pick a lane in the health coaching arena. Like for example, one of my clients has been a health coach for six years and we've been working together for nine months, I think 10 months or something like that. I don't know. And she's always helped people with their hormones. Mm -hmm. And she was also like including all these other things mm-hmm. in that conversation, but all under the umbrella of health. And finally, literally in like the last couple of weeks, she's finally calling herself the hormone coach. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to talk about your body of work, to attract the right people and to make a sale and get the right people on a sales conversation. I have another client. She's a pelvic floor strength coach. Mm-hmm. Well, she could say all day long, she's a health coach, but if I have a bladder problem, I want to go to somebody who's an expert in that. But just by identifying, like I'm a pelvic floor strength coach, right? You should never get anybody on a sales call with you who doesn't need help with their bladder issues. 
And by the way, if you can't laugh without peeing your pants, do you want to hire the person who's the pelvic floor coach? Or do you want to hire the health coach that can help everybody? Right. Yeah. I know exactly where I'm putting my money. And it's to the person who literally talked about how every time I laugh, I pee my pants. Yeah. She knows my problem. She knows how to help me. Yeah. Yeah. Another example, not a client of mine, but she's come to some of my stuff on in my Facebook group, my free Facebook group. And she helps women through menopause, Mm -hmm. but the way that she was wording what she did now, when she gets in the, when they're in the door and she like does her thing, she's working with them on menopause, but it's, it, she wasn't just putting her stake in the ground and saying, I'm the menopause coach. You come to me for menopause. She Mm -hmm. wasn't doing that in her marketing. Mm -hmm. So whatever you actually do, like choose it. Are you the hormone coach? Mm -hmm. Are you the, I help moms who are one year postpartum use lose the belly fat and get back to your pre-baby weight. Be specific. Are you the pelvic floor shrink coach? Are you the menopause coach? Like pick your lane and be really, really specific about that and really dialed in so that your marketing message, you feel really good about. And then you feel really good about the people who are coming to you for a sales conversation because they're coming to you because of your marketing message. And then that sales conversation is completely different when you've got somebody who came and they're like, I have a hormone issue or I have a menopause issue. You're the menopause. Like, look, if I have a menopause problem, I want to go to somebody who is boldly claiming I help you solve your menopause issues. I'm not going to go to somebody who's not a specialist in that. Right. Yeah. I use the example a lot and and I'm sure that you can understand this with Brighton. Megan, Megan has a daughter who's nine. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were going to hire, like, I don't know, I use sports a lot as my example. Megan and I are both former athletes. So sports is probably an analogy. Each of us use a lot. If you were going to like, if she wanted to learn how to be a better shooter in basketball, you could go hire a shooting coach or you can, again, hire somebody that's like, well, I coach kids in sports. Yeah. Well, could that person maybe help her? I don't know, probably maybe, but like, why not go to the person who specifically says, I help people increase their free throw percentage from 50% to 89%. Great. We need you. You're exactly right. So my brother, who you've heard me talk about, my brother was an ex-professional baseball player. Mm -hmm. He has his own business. And when he first started his business, he was, I think he was just helping kids with hitting. And then he transitioned and he literally, he's got 55,000 followers on Facebook or no Instagram. He has like total out of his followers. It's like over a hundred thousand people. Wow. He now just focuses on catching. That was his position. But when he markets himself, what he markets is I'll help you get your pop time, which most people probably don't know what that is. You might know what that is. Your pop time from like this percentage down to this percentage. So when you see his marketing, he's just talking about literally shaving like tenths of a second, a millisecond off of a pop time, which is basically trying to throw somebody out who's trying to steal second base when you're the catcher at home plate and it's like 90 feet, you have to throw the ball. And you have to have a really fast pop time or else everybody's always going to steal on you. You're never going to throw anybody out. Mm -hmm. Well, he's known for that. Well, guess who's going to come to him? Catchers. Who want to reduce their pop time from two point whatever down to like 1.9 in like one coaching session. So now but the thing that happens in people's minds with coaches, I think what they're focusing on too much is how much money they need. Mm-hmm. So they think they have to cast the big net 
Yeah. No, it's like, actually, you would create this tunnel to you where, where you, it's literally like lined with magnets all yep. the way through it. And if you would just say like this one very specific result you help people get, and it's these people, they would be lining up at the door to come to you. And then your sales conversation, somebody even asked a question, how long should my discovery session be? I that, yeah. Well, when you're dialed in on who your ideal client is and your marketing message is speaking to that one person and you give this one very specific result in your program, that conversation doesn't need to be longer than 20 minutes. They know exactly who you are and what you offer because your messaging is so clear. How you show up is so clear because you took one little thing that you do well. So if you're a catcher and you're looking to improve your pop-up time, there probably aren't that many other people coaching on catchers who need to improve. So you've automatically set yourself aside apart from everybody else. And they know exactly what results they're going to get from working with you. And so somebody who's looking for those results, getting on the call with you, like you said, it narrows that time down on the call because they know what they're there for. It's just a matter of discovering if it's the right connection. Yeah. Because here's the thing. And I've been saying this a lot in my programs to try to like help people understand this. An ideal client is a buyer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. An ideal client is not actually someone who isn't ready to buy. They're not, they're not your most, your most idol. They might be an idol client, but they're not your most idol client. Your most idol client is ready to buy. Well, where does someone need to be in their journey so that they're already ready to buy? They're already well aware of what their problem is. And they think about it using certain words. They are very well aware of the pain that problem is causing them. They are very well aware of the symptoms that are coming up and they can describe it to you in great detail. They're also very well aware of the very specific urgent result that they are looking for right now. And they know how they think about it in their mind and they know what words they use to describe that. They also are already looking for a solution. So you've got this individual who is clear on their problem, clear on their pain, clear on the result that they want right now in the very near future. And they are already looking for a solution. It can't get any easier than that. And when your content and how you're showing up matches what's going on in the mind of that person, this is why you have to be so specific. I hope everybody's figuring that out. That person is basically 90% already a yes when they get on the call with you, which makes your job so easy and you're not having to do all this heavy lifting. When it comes to sales, the thing that I see and I bet you see the same thing is people think they have to do all this heavy lifting and it's all up to the sales conversation. The mm-hmm. sales conversation is just like the last 10% of everything else you've been doing. And a lot of people think like, I have to show them how valuable I am. I have to show them how valuable my program is. I have to like give all this stuff to them. No, you don't. And you also don't have to overcome all these crazy objections. Right. If what you're putting out there in your marketing message, again, It all goes back to, you know, what like an ordinary day in the life of your ideal client actually looks like and how they're experiencing that day. That's what your marketing content is about. Sales becomes easy after that. Right. I think it was you not too long ago on one of our calls, you were talking about like, you need to know your ideal client so well that you know, one of her pain points is I want to be able to have sex with my husband with the lights on again. That, like that nuanced of a problem that you know your ideal client has so that you can speak to that. You're actually talking. So when you say that in your marketing, she's like, holy guacamole, how did she know that about me? Like, yeah, you're, like my bedroom watching me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you know? Did you have a camera in my bedroom? Yeah, it, it's so obvious once you, once you realize when you speak directly to somebody, it's hard for them to ignore it because it's literally what's going on in their head and they hear it and go, oh my gosh. And 
like you said, I do coach this with my clients because I'm like, you shouldn't be getting on a call and it shouldn't be lasting an hour and a half. And you shouldn't have to overcome a bunch of objections because you've qualified before the call because of how you show up. Like you don't even necessarily need a whole questionnaire to qualify. I mean, it's helpful for you to get on the call and have some prior information to begin with, but like, let's not pretend like you can't qualify at every stage of the game in how you show up and how you talk and and what you say and everything about who you are should absolutely let them know what they can expect from you. Yep. For sure. For sure. So what about, there's so many that I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things I want to ask you. Mm. I know one thing that you talk about a lot that I definitely want to cover. A lot of people are like, I just need more people, or I have a lead gen problem, or I have 10 people in my Facebook group. When it gets to 500, then I'll start selling. Oh. I mean, I know what I say and I talk about it a lot, but I want to, I want to let you have the stage here and, and talk about it. Cause that was one of the first things I heard you say. You were like, no, you don't have a lead gen problem. Yeah. Sales problem. Basically not putting yourself out there, right? You're not like if you, and here's my thing. I'm like, if you're not selling to 10 people, you're not going to sell to hundred people. It's a habit. It's a thing you get. It's a rhythm you get into. And it's something you make yourself feel comfortable with because you know, selling is serving and you know, you have something to offer these people. And it's, it's absolutely a habit that you're going to get into having these conversations all the time to the degree where I actually gave a challenge yesterday in my live. I was like, you know what? I'm so sick of hearing how easy it is to get no's because I have clients tell me they're like, well, nobody wants this. Like I've talked to people. I'm like, what are their names? Mm-hmm. And my one client was like, well, I just, I just know from what people have told me before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who, what are their names? Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I want you to go get 20 no's before our next session. Mm-hmm. I just want you to get 20 no's. I want all their names. I want you to tell me how the conversation went. You seem to think they're so easy to find. Go find the nose. And I really was like not doing it in that like aggressive way, but like, I'm going to call your bluff because you're, you're just not having the conversations. You have a sales problem. Totally. It's a sales problem. People that are like giving you nose out the wazoo. This is a belief. It's a really easy default Mm go-to. I hear it so much. It's like, it's like a broken record at this point. Mm -hmm. And look, it's not just people who are new who say that. I hear it at every level. I hear it from colleagues. It's not a lead generation problem. Right. It's a connection problem. It's a commitment problem. It's a conviction problem. Mm-hmm. It's a consistency problem. I do think part of it is a messaging problem, big time. It is a big belief problem mm-hmm. and it's a sales problem. You know, like the example that I use is Facebook ads because everybody's so familiar with Facebook ads. And everybody this. also thinks, I need to go into Facebook ads and Facebook ads is what's going to get me those new leads. I cringe when clients ask me, should I do Facebook ads? And I'm like, unless you're making $250,000 a year already, the answer is no. Don't even have that conversation with yourself until you're making about a quarter of a million dollars a year. Why do I say that? Because Facebook ads is just an amplifier. What is it amplifying? It's amplifying how clear you are on your message, on your ideal client, on, and on what your current sales are. So if you currently are making like one sale a month with your warm-ish audience, then Facebook ads is not going to help you make more than one sale. It's just going to amplify what you've already been able to do organically. So you don't want to get into Facebook ads until you've mastered being able to market, sell, and fill your paid offer. And you know what makes your ideal client tick. You literally know every single thing that's going on in their head, like those nuances you said, 
because you've got to get them all the way through the entire sales process. And people forget the sales process is not just a sales conversation. They see your Facebook ad, they stop scrolling, they read it, they click the button, they go to the landing page, they read it. They then have to give you their name and their email and click a button. Then they have to open the email. Then they have to read the email. Then they have to read more emails. Then they have to get through your funnel. Then they have to click on the link that goes to your sales page. Now they have to look at that. They have to watch your videos. Then they have to decide to go to your order form and click a button and put their credit card information and go downstairs and get their wallet and and put it in. Like people don't get that. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. By the way, at every step of what you just said, it's your messaging that Facebook is using to yeah. go through all of that, right? Yeah. Like you, Facebook doesn't make up the message in the ad for you. Correct. And copywriters will tell you the same thing. Copywriters are like... I'm literally the last person you need to hire because a cop and I've got good friends that are like exceptional copywriters and they literally do it for a living. They write people's sales pages and they'll tell you like, I cannot make you more money because I can't write on your behalf unless you're so crystal clear on your ideal client, on what converts, on what sells. The copywriter can't just like swoop in and do that for you. Copywriters, I was in, I'm taking a copywriting course right now. And the person I'm taking it from who writes for other people, she said, I spend 80% of my time researching Mm -hmm. the ideal client of her client. Mm -hmm. 80% of her time is spent in research. 20% is spent writing. Mm -hmm. So Facebook, oh, lead gen. So lead gen is just going to amplify what you figured out. So if you're not making sales, more leads, you're not, you're just going to amplify zero. You're still going to not make sales. You haven't figured it out. So why do you need more leads? You don't need more leads until your program is already selling like hotcakes. Once you've got a system and a rhythm and you know that your marketing process and sales process works mm-hmm. and it works a, like a few iterations, yeah. then you're like, oh, I just need to keep doing the same thing. The same, like the same thing over and over and over and over. But at some point you can't keep doing the same team thing to the group of 500 people. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, what lever do I pull now? Well, now the only lever you need to pull is lead generation, but that's not what you do in the beginning. You can, I mean, look, I created my first six figures in 90 days with a Facebook group that had a hundred people in it. A hundred. And, and the thing is too, Nicole, People don't realize how few leads and how few sales they actually need to make to get to like, let's just say 10K months. Mm-hmm. You don't actually need that many. People think they have to have hundreds. When I had my, I, I think I told you this already, but when I had my, 
I would have thought my numbers needed to be like crazy for this to happen. I had a 10 K day and I think I honestly had like 50 people on my email list. And I wasn't even that consistent with sending out emails. And I maybe had a hundred and something in my Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it shocked me. Cause I was like, Oh, Whoa. Okay. Maybe the number, the numbers aren't everything, but I think we get so caught up with the I need more. I need more. I need more. And, you know, and I do say, I'm like your job as a business owner, as, as a sales person in your business is to get yourself in front of as many people as you can, who need what you have to offer and start conversations with them. So yes, it's a numbers game, but like you said, doing Facebook ads is just going to amplify what you're already not doing. And there's nobody better to sell in your business than you. It's your business. It's your passion. It's your gift. Yeah, I, I'll give another example just to show numbers of people because I also think people people are really out of reality about how many people you need to get to seven figures. Mm-hmm. And again, I like to really bring people back down to earth about what it takes. I have a friend and a slash colleague. We're in programs together. And the last couple of months, she's had 100K months. Last two months in a row. And before that, she was doing pretty darn close to 100K months. And she has group programs. And one of her group programs is $2,000. And she runs like a five-day challenge in a Facebook group. And at the end of the five-day challenge, she sells her $2,000 program. She had, I think, like maybe 200 people signed up for the five-day challenge. This is what created 100K a month. It was actually 120K. 200 people signed up. She had about 45 to 50 people who were showing up live every day to the five-day challenge and do the math. She had, I think she said, she might've been selling some other things in here. So the numbers are probably not exactly accurate. She sold like 36 spots. Wow. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that's not a lot of people. And she had $123,000 a month. Yeah. 200 free signups to a five-day challenge. Out of the 200, let's just say 50 were showing up live every day. Out of that, 36 people said yes to $2,000. Like, you don't need 2,000 people to sign up. You don't need 500 people listening to you every day. The key, like, what worked there? What worked in that example? It goes back to what we were talking about about 10 minutes ago. You know your ideal client, so you bring in the right people but that's on you. You, That's your job. Your job is to know your client intimately, like the back of your hand. So when you bring the right people in, you don't need that many people. And they say, yes. Why did all those people say yes? Because she had the right people there. Plus the other piece of sales too, you can't just show up and talk a good game. It's energy. Mm -hmm. It's energy. And it's a vibration that you're putting out there. And people are going to say yes to somebody who shows up as a confident leader with conviction because they're hiring you because they don't, there's a part of them who doesn't believe they don't have the same, basically they don't have the same level of belief or confidence as you have in the particular area that they've hired you for. Right. So if you're showing up and you're not like, you know, owning it, then they, they've got like danger signals going off in their mind and mm-hmm. they don't necessarily know what it is. And then that's when you, that's when you see like, Three weeks later, they said no to you. And then they went and bought from somebody who does the same thing you do. And you're like, what the heck happened? Yep. And you realize it was more of a confidence thing than anything. That's 100%. 
That's what it comes down to every single time. I think confidence is really, it's everything in sales. It's mm-hmm. everything in how you show up. It's everything, you know, cause just like you said, if somebody's like kind of him and Han over, like, I don't know if you're like, let's even take it to relationships. If, if, you know, a guy asks you out and you're like, Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess like, Oh, really? Is he going to feel like excited about the, like, you didn't have a lot of confidence in you saying yeah. yes to him. And, and it's the same thing for us when we're showing up and selling And maybe that same guy is like, well, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd be fun on a date. Do you want to go out with me? Probably not. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's not what he's saying, but that's what his energy is saying. And and we're the same when we don't have confidence in what we're selling, it will be felt like we can't, people need to see in us the confidence that they want for themselves. And that's really what it comes down to is they believe us because we're confident because we believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So I, I love that one. The lead gen one is a big thing. Like people are always, you know, and, and I mean, the other one I hear a lot is like, well, I need to do my website first. I need to do my brand first. And I need to do, and I'm like, for what, what do you, what are you going to put in a website? You don't even know who your ideal client is. You can't it's even, the worst. why are you going to invest in a website when you can't even commit to working, staying in one lane and working with one client? Make six figures before you get a website. It was actually, it was actually Gina that first said it to me. She was like, websites are like museums. People that people go around and look around for free and then leave. Yeah. There's your website is not going to sell for you. No different than a Facebook ad isn't going to sell for you. And, oh. and I, I actually did a live not too long ago where I was like five things I would do differently if I was starting over right now. And then the very first one was I would not, I still would not have a website. I just yeah. wouldn't. It's actually a pain in the ass because every time I update something, I have to update the website every time. And it's like, I don't like it. It's like, you know, and I have a team that can do that stuff for me, but like, what's the point? If I could take it down, if it wasn't already built, I'd just take it down and be like, I'm done with it. I don't need it. Here's the other truth. You don't even need a sales page to make sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always use myself as an example. When I rebooted this business in 2017, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have a website in 2017, 2018 or 2019. No Mm -hmm. website. I think I only ever had like two sales pages. I didn't have a sales page in 2017. You don't need one to make sales. When you first relaunched, you jumped into six figures right away. Yeah, 90 days. And didn't have a website. Every quarter. I made six figures every quarter. No website, no landing page, no sales pages. I had a Facebook group and I did video. PayPal link or something that they were paying you with? Yep. Everybody, the call to action was private message me. Mm-hmm. So I lived in private messenger. I lived in private messenger. I literally still feel like I live in private messenger some days, but mm-hmm. the call to action was always go to private messenger to sign up for a call with me. And I called it back then I called it an action taker session, mm-hmm. which they knew was a sales conversation because I was telling them in my videos and my posts. So they would private message me. I didn't even have a scheduling system. I was doing everything manually. So mm-hmm. I would say like, you know, what works for you? I have Thursday morning or afternoon. And then they would tell me two o'clock or three o'clock. Like I did everything through private messenger, but I did that on purpose because to me back then, my number one goal was connect, Mm -hmm. build relationship. And how inhuman does it feel every time somebody just sends you a link to sign up to talk to you? And look, I get at some point when the volume is so big, you can't be manual, but I could be manual. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't so overrun with clients all the time and running an empire that I, I didn't need to be, do everything manually. So I did everything manually right there in private messenger. They would get on my calendar. I did all my sales calls on zoom. 
And I mean, probably 80% of the people who came on a call said yes, Mm -hmm. because I was priming them so much to go ahead and make that decision before they ever got on a call with me. They didn't need to go see a sales page. If you think people need to see a sales page or a website or any of that stuff, you're using it as a crutch because you're not, you don't trust yourself. You're not betting on yourself, putting more worth value and you're betting more on a freaking website than you are yourself. Again, belief, it's a belief issue. You don't need all that stuff. And look, it's, It's and I get it. I get it. It's like, we all get to see what everybody's doing in this world. We get to see what every you know, pretty coach with pretty pictures, making millions of dollars. And you want that. Mm -hmm. And then there's a part of you that's telling yourself, I need to be that now. Mm -hmm. And every, we all have our own process to go through. Like, you don't know what that person has been doing the last 10 years to get there. And trust me, they did a a hell of a lot to get to where they are. And it took a, it did not happen overnight. Right. And you just don't need that stuff. But those people need that stuff because they have lists that have 80,000 people on them. And they've got hundreds of people buying their programs all the time. Like at that point, you can't just private message people all the time and sell your stuff. And right. you're right. I would just send people a PayPal link. Nobody questioned it. Nobody told me I was janky. Nobody said like, I'm not going to work with you because you have a PayPal link. That's just stories people tell themselves. And if that's the case, if somebody's like that, let's find that out right then before we seal the deal and get five sessions in when you're going to come out with that in some other way, you're going to have some other kind of like, well, I don't, you know what, if you don't listen, I don't want you to give me your money. If you don't feel 100% confident that this is right for you. And to me, that's the biggest differentiator. I don't need your money. I want it. If this is right for you, and this is something that you can see that truly serves you in your life, but otherwise, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're having doubts about me or you're thinking I'm janky now, cause I sent you a PayPal link. Probably not. It just sounds yeah. like, Oh, here's another good example. I bought something that was $554. It was a four hour workshop. This was like two weeks ago and it was on money. It was a wealth consciousness, like money workshop. Mm-hmm. And the person delivering it makes about $350,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to learn from somebody who makes $350,000 a month. I'm not making $350,000 a month. So I wanted to go see what was happening on the other side. Mm-hmm. It was a PayPal link. Hmm. That's how I purchased it. A PayPal link. There was nothing fancy. Seven figure earner. Six figure monthly. Figure. Multiple seven figure. PayPal link. I mean, I noticed it. But it, again, it's like, you got to come back down to earth. People yeah. making. $300,000 a month are using PayPal links yes. without sales pages, mind you. They're, I mean, they're not complaining. They're making $350,000 a month with their PayPal link. Yep. I mean, to me, it's like, do you need a storefront? Do you need all these fancy things? Or do you just want to be a human? Do you just want to be right. relatable? Do you just want to be, hey, I'm Nicole. I'm the person that can help. Yeah. I know I don't have all the fancy stuff, but if you need the fancy stuff, I might not be right for you. I actually can deliver results. If that's what you want, yeah. let's talk. Yeah. But if you're yeah. looking at websites and fancy things, you know, that, that may not be now. I mean, I have a website, but again, it's, it's just, yeah. to me, it's like, I don't know. Do you want credentials or results? Do you want fancy stuff or do you want results? Cause to me, yeah. I think the results are probably what you're most after. Yeah. And you know, I just thought of this too. And I know we're like jumping around here, but also in the sales conversation, we were talking about this a minute ago and some people are making some comments about it. It's not about you as the coach and the salesperson feeling like you've got to be the one who is showing all the value. 
Mm-hmm. And this is like a mindset shift that I think is really helpful for people who may feel uneasy about the sales conversation or overcoming objections. And look at yourself more as an interviewer who's interviewing someone to be part of your business. Mm-hmm. And you should want someone who is so on fire to get results. Mm-hmm. Like you really need to know who you want to be working with. You want to work with somebody who walks over fire and broken glass to get the money to work with you. You don't want to work with somebody who's not willing to do that. The number of times I've asked my dad for money to join programs in the last nine years, because I didn't have the money sitting in my bank account. That's the kind of client you want though. That's the kind of client that's going to be like, I don't may not meet all your credentials to be in your program, but you best better believe I'll be the most competitive person in your program. I'll be the most driven person in your program. I will beat out everybody else that's ahead of me in your program. That's who you want in your programs. One of my former clients, the way that she says it in a sales conversation is she wants the potential client to give her their best yes. I'm not going to take you on as a client if you're like this, like wishy-washy all over the place. If you can't even commit to yourself to grow. So it's like, you got to turn the tables. Don't let someone come in, a prospect come in and run the show and tell you how it's going to go. Don't let someone else come in. This is what used to railroad me in the very beginning. I lacked so much confidence in myself that people would come to the call and they would just start firing away questions at me. And now you're on the defense and you think you're going to sell that way. No, not, you don't stand a chance. If that person is the one driving that sales conversation, you have to flip that so fast. You interview them and you, but you've got to make them commit to themselves. They're not committing to you. They're not committing to the program. They're committing to themselves and someone who's committed. They find the money, find a way they figure it out. They don't teeter. They don't get to run away with all these objections. Yeah. And that's just like a mindset shift. That's just a shift in your perspective. Mm-hmm. Get them to sell themselves to you. How can you do that? What can you ask them? And you can kind of push them, not push them to buy from you, but like push them to make a decision about what they're going to do to change their life. Because yep. again, as coaches, that's when the transformation starts. Because we all know that if they say, well, if they say no, whatever, maybe they just weren't the right client, but let's say they like, I need to think about it. Now's not the right time, whatever. We all know good and well, because we're all humans. We all operate in the same way. We're pretty easy to figure out. We all have the same patterns. They're not making any kind of change by themselves. They're going right back to their same patterns that shows up in every area of their life that continues. And they continue every single week, every single month, they're going to feel that same pain. And to a degree, When you let someone off the hook that easily, they actually don't trust you that much. You actually lose a little bit of trust and you lose a little bit of that person really believing that you can take them to where they want to go. Because if it's so easy for you to let them off the call and just think about it or just tell you they're like, they know they're getting away with telling you stories. Objections are stories. Are you going to be sold on their story? Are you going to sell them on making a different decision for the first time in their life? And that prospect knows that they are selling you on their story. And if you can't overcome that, what makes you think that they think you're going to be able to take them to where they want to go? And again, it's that same. I've seen this happen so many times. It happened to me. Again, you see that person like two months later and they go hire somebody else. And you're like, wait a minute. 
They said they didn't have any money. They said it was too expensive. No, they didn't. You just didn't show up strong enough. You weren't confident enough. You didn't hold their feet to the fire. That's really what that's about. I know because it happened to me a lot. Well, and I like the idea that, you know, and and I totally agree with you, but you said earlier, you don't, you don't coach for free on the call. I agree with you. You're not going to coach in what you coach in for free on the call, but you're coaching them to make the decision that you're hearing them tell you they want to make. Correct. It's, I hear you telling me that you want to make this happen. I hear that you've made a decision. I hear that you have some fears. Would you like me to help you make this decision? Because like you said earlier, it's, they're not saying yes to you. They're saying yes to themselves. And it's, I, I do the opposite a lot. Um, and I talked about it last night on my live. I'm like, no, quit taking it personal. Nobody's saying no to you. They're saying no to themselves. They don't believe in their ability to do this because especially as health coaches, you're talking to somebody who's made a long series of poor decisions about their health and about their worth and about themselves. And that's how they've gotten themselves to that position. Now you're asking them to make a good decision for themselves. And they have a long habit of not knowing how to make good decisions for themselves. Yeah. That's one of their things is like, you know, oh, I, I just compromise my own values and my own worth all the time. I don't make good decisions. That's why I'm in poor health. Well, now you're asking them to make the right one. They're going to have a hard time doing that. Yeah, you, you nailed it right there. Yeah, I mean, a sales conversation is a lot about you understanding the belief system and the mind mm-hmm. of your ideal clients. Mm-hmm. And when the more you can understand their mindset, which you just nailed it, everybody, I hope wrote that down. Yeah. But that, you've got to understand the pattern they're coming in with. Them saying what they're saying as an objection in your sales conversation about that change, it's the same thing they're saying to themselves about weight, about food, about everything. You just nailed it. So what makes you think that they're going to come to a sales conversation and aren't going to need like a little bit of help with making a decision? They don't know how to make it. They don't. I, I helped one of my clients last fall convert, um, like in, improve his conversion rate considerably because he worked with people with massive weight loss. And he was having like, the call was great. It got ready. You know, we listened to one or two of his calls together. And I was like, right there, right there is where you can pick up where they're at and help them see that this is the decision that's going to be hard for them to make, but you know that they want to make because these people are 500 pounds because they've made all kinds of really hard decisions. And now they want to make this decision. Yeah. They know you can help them. They don't trust themselves. And it's your job to coach them through making that decision and not to convince. There's no convincing here. There's no persuasion of any kind. It's helping them see that they do have the ability and you're willing to hold their hand and make that happen. And he was like, (laughs) he got like three yeses the next day. He's like, oh my God, this works. And I'm like, because because that's really what it is. It's not that they want to say no to you. They just don't know how to say yes to themselves, to themselves. And to me, that's like the biggest difference is when you understand what the no and the yes is all about. Like you said, objections are just fears. Yeah. They're just afraid that, you know, and, and for some people it's like, maybe they've tried to, and I use weight loss, I guess a lot, cause it's an easy example, but maybe they've tried 17 times before with different diets and different things. And it hasn't worked. Well, they're in this belief of like, nothing can work. Cause I've tried all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that they don't want what you have to, they just don't believe in themselves enough to say yes to themselves in that moment. Totally. Yep. That's, that is it right there. Yeah. You know, the other one is, I said this to one of my clients the other day, she's like, well, she told me that she, you know, she was talking about a discovery call she'd had. And she said, well, she told me she doesn't have time to make these changes in her health right now. And I said, well, she's right. And you bought her like, you know, you said earlier, I always say somebody gets sold on every conversation. Yep. 
either they get sold on your program or you get sold on their excuses, but she's right. She Mm -hmm. doesn't have time because right now in her life, that's why she's in the situation that she's in because she hasn't made the time. She hasn't ever carved that into her life yet and made herself a priority. But it's your job to show her in that moment that you're right. You don't have the time. You haven't made the time. But what is it going to cost you if you don't make the time? Yeah. Where are you going to be in three months if you keep on this same route that you're on right now without making the time? Mm -hmm. And bringing those things out to them is our job. That's you coaching them through seeing, like reflecting back to them. I've heard what you've said, and I agree with you. You don't have time. But if you want this to be a transformation in your life, if you want things to change, things have to change. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think it's it's about them seeing that, oh, this is a transformation that I want. And this is the way to make it happen. And I can't do this on my own. And like you said earlier, your opportunity to become a different person starts with your investment right now in this program, because it's going to get uncomfortable for you to make that investment. But I'm going to need you to get uncomfortable the whole time through our work together. Mm-hmm. If you can't find a way to make this happen now, my fear is I won't be able to drive the results for you. I won't be able to help you make that happen because there's going to be other areas where you're going to draw the line and you're not going to be willing to get uncomfortable. And that worry, because I can't help you create these results if you can't show up for yourself powerfully and make a decision that this is going to happen. Yep. Amen. Okay. So one more thing I want to ask you about, because this is like, what everybody wants to talk about. And I know that you've, you actually did one of your lives the other day on the, the happy pocket full of money. I'm looking at the book right here. Um, the money story, the money thing. What do you want to talk about with that? What do you have to say? I mean, I can ask you questions or I can, we can hear what, you know, cause I think that's the biggest thing with people is they think, Oh, I used an example the other day. And, and I like this one because people are like, well, I can't start until I have the money. I'm like, do you have a baby? Well, yeah, I have kids. Did you have $211,653 in the bank when you had that kid? You can't look at things in life as I have to have all the money before before I can start. And like that to me is a funny example because a lot of people do have kids and they did not have, you know, I, I looked up that number. I just Googled it and said, what does it cost for 18 years to have a child? The average cost. And you've made a decision that you're going to keep that child alive. Mm-hmm. You've made a decision, not that you have all the money in the bank to raise that kid for 18 years, but you're going to find a way to make it happen. And if you treat your business the way that you treat your child, because it really is, you're birthing a baby, you're birthing something new that you have to make a decision and commit to that you're going to, no matter what, find a way to make it happen. You're not going to let that baby starve. Yeah. Find a way yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing with the money thing, and it, again, this goes back to, you really have to understand people's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And know this. The words that people speak out of their mouth, it had to be a thought first. So that's like as a coach, as especially when you're in sales, you have to know that the words being spoken are first coming from a thought. Where's the thought coming from? The thought is coming from a belief. So your job also in that sales conversation is to be curious. I am very curious when people tell me they don't have the money because number one, I don't believe that unless you literally are on food stamps or like getting a government check or something like that. Everybody figures out where to find the money. Right. So my first thing is I want to get really curious about that. And I'll just give like one, one tip on a question that people can ask is, is it that you don't have any money at all or you don't have the money for this? Because that's two very different things. I actually had a coach. I was in a sales program one time, not too long ago, like a year and a half ago. 
And I had never had a coach say this to me, but she said, it's not that people don't have the money. It's that people haven't allocated the money to coaching. They've allocated the money to whatever they always spend their money on or always invest their money on. And most people, when you talk to them, if you said, if you ask them to tell you like, oh, this one, this one blows my mind. When people say, I need to go check my financials before I make a decision. And I'm like, you are a grown adult who pays their bills. Don't try to tell me, like, you're trying to tell me you are so unaware of what's going on in your world that you don't know what your bills are every month and you don't know where your money is going and you don't know how much is coming in every month. Like, are you not tracking that? Like, how do you not know? How do you not know what your financials are? So you just know right out of the gate, either this person is not the one who makes the money decisions in their family Mm -hmm. or they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. And they're just stalling for time because they're afraid to make a decision. So you yeah. have to get really curious with people and know that they just haven't allocated the money to that. Mm-hmm. People can rearrange money. You can mm-hmm. like not invest over here and not put as much money. It's, it's like when I, one time I looked at my bank statement and I was like flabbergasted at how much money we were spending on going out to eat. It was mm-hmm. like $3,000 a month, like pretty well, it, it was $3,000 a month on food, which did include the grocery store, okay. but it was like in the thousands going out to restaurants. And I was like, Sean, like, I mean, that's a pretty doggone easy area to like cut back a little bit because it's also very unhealthy as you go out to eat all the time. Yeah. It's like, look, I could probably figure out how to move a thousand dollars from going out to eat at restaurants and put it over here to invest in, you can send your kid to private school for that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's allocating the money. Here's the other thing about money. When people say they don't have the money, you have to get to the fear. Usually when people say, I don't have the money, they're actually afraid that they're either going to lose something in their life or they're afraid that somebody else is going to have control over them. But you have to get to the root of that. You can't just take their objection at face value. You have to get underneath that. I have been on sales conversations before where people would say, and this is not in my own business, like this was when I was working for another company and we did so many sales conversations. And I got to sit beside the person who I worked for, for like months in a row, because she was doing the sales conversation. And so I learned so much from that. You guys are listening in. Yeah. We would have people who literally would tell us on a call that they did not have any money. 10 minutes later, they were running downstairs to get their purse and pulling out two credit cards. You can't tell me that everybody who tells you they don't have the money is telling you the truth. Because I saw it too many times when people said they didn't have the money, 10 minutes later, they're running to go find their wallet. Miraculously, 10 minutes later, you all of a sudden figured out where to find the money. You can't let people get off the call with that. Here's the other thing too. The reason why you feel weird navigating that conversation is because you have your own issues with money. Mm-hmm. You have to clean up your own issues with money. Mm-hmm. Look at how you are making decisions around money. When you go out to a restaurant, are you comparing prices and that's how you're making your decision? Like you have to watch how you you are making decisions in your life as it relates to money. Because yeah. if you are not making empowered decisions around money and money is running your life and money is how you make your decisions. Mm-hmm. You are going to have a hard ass time overcoming somebody's money objection. Yep. Just like if everybody pays you in payment plans and nobody ever pays you in full, 
look no further than do you always pay in payment plans? Because that's why it's happening. Yep. So a lot of the objections you see with money, it's reflecting back to you how you operate around money. Yeah. And it's hard for you to overcome it because you haven't done your own work around money. Yep. And it's always going to be that way until you do your work around money. And I like to say too, if you haven't valued making investments in yourself, in your life, you're again, it's like what we said earlier. Like if you think sales is icky, you're blocking yourself from getting sales. If you aren't making your own investments, I mean, I'm sorry, the bottom line is if you want to be in this industry or any industry, really, you should be working with a mentor or a coach or somebody who is at a level where you want to be so that you are taking direction and you're not just trying to, you know, be out there in the wild, wild west and figure it out. And when you understand how valuable it is for you to make those investments to move forward in your life, then you will not have trouble on a sales call expecting somebody else to make that investment because you understand the value of it. When you're cutting yourself off from that, it's a really hard sell because you feel uncomfortable because you're asking somebody to do something that you are unwilling to do yourself. Yes. And you don't know how to navigate the mindset. It's all mindset. You have to be able to navigate that. Mm -hmm. You haven't done your own work around that Mm -hmm. with your own stuff. How do you expect yourself to navigate that? That's why you got to do your own work, your mindset and your emotions, your beliefs. That has to be a daily practice because it's going to make it a bajillion times easier to navigate those conversations because you're just dealing with people's belief systems. They're they're harmless. Yeah. Right. It's like a harmless conversation. You're just, and the triggering when people, cause I, I get it, you know, like people feel triggered. You feel triggered on the sales conversation when you're trying to navigate that conversation. Well, you, as a coach, you better ask yourself why that prospect is triggering you when they say no to you or when they have an objection and you can't overcome it or you don't know how it's triggering you for a reason. You need to figure out what, what's going on and kind of navigate that emotion and do whatever healing you need to do around it, or that's going to keep happening in your sales conversation. I was triggered on my first phone call with the first coach that I, I didn't even, I was kind of oblivious to the coaching world, even though I was a certified health coach, I just didn't understand what it was. And once I started like understanding more about it, you know, I was, I was on a call with this coach who I already knew was for me. And I was so triggered around the money thing. And I was like, I mean, I spent 45 minutes on this call with her for the first 35 minutes saying, I have all these dreams and I want to make it come true. And it means everything to me and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And how much? No, it's not for me. I mean, my energy just shifted and it had nothing to do with, you know, there was money to be found if I really wanted to make a decision to find it. But I had this trigger where I was like, I'm not going to go into debt. I'm not going to do anything that I would. And she said, Nicole, are you more committed to your dreams or your comfort zone? And I was like, oh, I feel kind of dumb right now because I just spent all this time telling you how much my dreams mean to me right up to this point of getting uncomfortable. And what I had to do, you said this, I had to reevaluate what I thought that money was for because I realized in that moment, I saw the money as just going away instead of earning me some kind of return on who I was going to become. I didn't completely understand it at that time. And I'll tell you what, as soon as I paid that money, I immediately, like what we said, I became a different person immediately without even having a second of coaching under my belt with her. I became a different person. The second I paid that money, all of a sudden I was like, this is official. I'm doing this. Oh my God. Because I was so proud of myself. And like you said, we're saying yes to ourselves. Yeah. I became so proud of the fact that I had done that. And I spent money on something that I claimed meant so much to me. And then I made good on that. I actually became a person of integrity in that moment because I said how much I wanted something. And then I put down the money to make it happen. 
And when I saw it as something that was going to get me somewhere, it made a difference. And I've asked people that on the call before. I'm like, I just have a question. You know, you said you don't have the money, but I want to know. Because as you know, and as everybody knows, I'm a sales coach. So one of my taglines is I don't cost you money. I make you money. Mm -hmm. But I can only make you money if you believe in your ability to do this. If you believe in my ability to guide you while you're doing this. And so I just need to know, you're saying that you don't have the money, but I just need to know, what do you see this money as? Do you see it as something that you're just throwing away? Or do you see it as something that's going to earn you more? That's going to make you more of who you are, whether we say financially or just because you become more, you know, Tony Robbins says it. He's like, the work that you do makes somebody more of who they are. So do you believe this is going to make you more money, better person, whatever? Or do you see it as like you losing the money? Because that's a big for me, I need to know, because if you see it as losing money, this probably isn't the right fit because you're going to get all weird with me throughout this, this work. But if you really believe this, then I'm basically asking you for a certain amount of money. And I'm telling you, we're going to triple or quadruple that. Who would say no? If I said right now, give me $5,000 and I'll give you $20,000 in three months. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take that deal? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. to me says everything about your belief. And I need to know, have you made a decision? Because if you have, let's talk. If you haven't, yeah. I can't guarantee you're going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody listening, like one of the things you can start doing with yourself around money is changing the words that you're using when you are circulating money. So, well, that's one vocabulary word. Talk about money as if you're circulating money. So we all grew up and I'm sure all of our parents use the word spend. Like I never heard my parents say invest. Mm-hmm. Unless they were talking about like investing their money in the stock market. Right. The stock market. That was it. That was it. It was always spend. We can't spend money. You're just spending money. It was spend, 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 spend. Mm-hmm. What we were all conditioned to believe. Well, and just go look up the definition of the word spend. Mm-hmm. Spend means you're spent, mm-hmm. which means you're out, you're done, and it ain't coming back. Right. So you have to change the language with yourself around it. It's like these small little things will really help with your wealth consciousness growth as well. So instead of saying spend, I don't care if you're like eating out at a restaurant or buying a journal or like buying a new phone. It doesn't matter what it is. You're not spending your money. It's everything's an investment Mm -hmm. because you can find an ROI in everything. ROI isn't just money. Yep. The only ROI on planet is not just money. So many other things. So with yourself, switch from saying spending to saying investing Mm -hmm. and that you're circulating money. And then the other thing you want to do with yourself is every time money goes out and you invest money, expect that the money is going to come back to you tenfold Mm -hmm. every single time, every single time. And you have to start living your life that way. And I promise it'll make it so much easier for you to navigate the conversation around money with prospects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you said this and I say this all the time. Your wealth consciousness has to be something that you work on because internally what you feel inside is what you're manifesting in the conversations you're having and the people that are showing up in your life. And it's not just, let me go read a couple of wealth consciousness books and then I'm good. It's like, this is dedicated work for the rest of your life. No Mm -hmm. different than going to the gym. You don't get to go to the gym for 30 days and be like, all right, I got some muscles. I'm good. Well, that has to be continued and it has to be something that you genuinely are are interested in working on so that you can become a better person. You're under, you said it earlier and I loved it. You've got to circulate money. You've got to keep it in the flow. This is no, like, I think people think, well, once I get to, you know, a hundred thousand is in my coaching business, then then you're going to do what? 
if you want to keep going, you got to keep spending. You've got to keep putting it out there. That that's how money works. And like you said, when you put it out in the universe, you believe that it's going to come back to you tenfold. Your belief has so much to do with it. And when you're putting it out there and you see it as an investment, then your perception of it actually is what helps and supports that belief mm-hmm. versus, oh, I'm spent. I use the word, I use the exact analogy you do. I just say, um, I like the word spent, but I say cost a lot. I'm like, does it cost you money? Cause that cost has such a, it's like a harsh, you know, it, you know, it costs yeah. like that ticket cost me $88 or that. Yeah. Um, we talk about investment. It's got this lightness and this different energy to it. And if you really see it like that, then we're talking about the right thing because you see the value of what I'm, I'm giving you as an investment that you'll get a return on. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel like you're spending money with me or I'm costing you money because then that we're not starting off on the right foot. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned um, a happy pocket full of money. That's a really, really good book. I'm reading it right now for the third time. The only reason, so when you were talking about it the other day and I was commenting on your live, I've got it right here. I just started, I'm always reading wealth consciousness books all the time. I love them all. I literally have four books on my bookshelf right now. Um, Have you read this one? How Rich People Think? Yes. It's amazing. Amazing. I just started it. So I was like, okay, what... I shouldn't say one at a time. I'm always reading a bunch of books, but, but that's the one I'm starting with, but I've got happy pocket full of money. It's just so fascinating to me, the idea of money and what it really is and what I thought it was before. Like you said, it's our idea of money. I used to be that person that would choose on cost. Oh yeah. All of us did because that's how we grew up. We grew up that way. Yeah. I mean, if you can get it for the, you go for the cheapest price and you drive, by the way, if there's eight gas stations in your town and one of them's all the way across the town but it's got the cheapest gas. You drive all the way. Like, that's just how I grew up. That's how we, you know, and, and so I had to really reevaluate some of those things as well. And I still am, I'm always up leveling and understanding, you know, my relationship with money better it just makes such a big difference in our lives. And yeah. Our business. Yeah. yeah. And it's never going to stop. So be on that for the, the long haul. Be on that. I love it. Oh my God. I could keep going with you forever. It's late. It's like 10 30 here. I know. I know. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's got to go. I know you love your Thursdays and Fridays because you get so much done. So I know you need to get some rest. So you're, uh, you're ready for tomorrow. I know. Um, I love that you set your schedule up like that too. I did something similar and it's, it's really nice because it gives you the time to do what you need to do and be you, um, so that your business really expands in the best way it can. So, yeah, so this is, this is amazing. I'm not even like, you gave so many gold nuggets. You gave so much advice. I'm not even going to be like, what's your last piece of advice? Like you gave so much to people here. And this is, I, Tons of people have been watching it and, and commenting. It was such a rich conversation. It really was. It really was. And like I said, I could talk to you forever. I, I enjoy it. And I know how um, valuable it has been for everybody. So thank you for being here. The group that they can join if they want to join is Structured Freedom. That's the one that's your um, free Facebook group, right? Yeah, that one's Structured Freedom for Impact Driven Coaches. Okay, there we go. So now yeah, I'm on over. She's a talker like me. You'll get a lot of this good stuff. Yeah, this, this was amazing. And, um, I don't even think I gave you a proper introduction at the beginning and talked about how long you've been in business and everything you've done. But, um, I I think they know now by everything that you just shared with us and how amazing you are. So thanks for having me. This was so fun. We will have to do like part two in a little while, because I'm sure we have enough for a part two. (laughs) I think we could do like parts 800 and, you know, I know. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Megan. Um, you guys, she's in our group. So um, yeah, this was just amazing. And I really appreciate your time and you being here with us. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Nicole. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. 
Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.